All right, well, it's good to be together tonight. And those of you online, I'm glad you can join us. Let's grab our Bibles and go to Book of James. The Book of James. We are in the Book of James here. And again, James is a very practical letter. Wisdom given in simple sections and statements. And what I've done is I've kind of gone through James and kind of broke down it into kind of 20 major sections that have the different topics. And I've kind of looked at it looking at practical Christianity in the Christian life. Like songs in a mixtape. When I was a kid, I made different mixtapes. In fact, someone at church bought me this. They're at a store. It's a candy mix, so I can't wait to open this up. There's a variety of candies in here. And uh, so James is kind of like this mixtape. When I was a kid, I made all these different kind of mixtapes and had a bunch of different songs on them and a variety of things for my friends. And what we're doing now is we're moving to a new cassette tape. So James chapter 1, 2 through 18 was a variety of stuff talking about trials and struggles and all that that we, we dealt with in the past. Now we're moving to a new cassette tape, verses 19 through 27. In fact, the rest of James, or the rest of even what we're going to do here in James, verses 19 through 27, grows out of James chapter 1, 2 through 18. And all that is going to be talked about is essential, is, is essential connected to that, which talks about trials and suffering is for our spiritual maturity. And how do we live out and be this Christ-like person? In fact, the rest of the book is like that. In fact, if you look at verse 18, which we talked about a little bit last week, the word that brings life also guides us into Christ-like living. So verse 18 talked about this Word that brought this great salvation. God's this giver of good things. And the greatest thing He's given us is salvation through the Word of truth. And we've got this. And now, we receive life from the Word of truth. And when we've truly listened to that Word of truth, we will act upon it and act upon what we have heard. And that's the rest of James. Christianity is extremely practical and proves itself by demonstrating internally understanding and external obedience so when we approach god's word we hear it and we have this internal understanding of god's word but it must lead to external obedience and that's the rest of james and we will see this more and more as we continue through james so we got our Bibles. Let's go to our next section here. We're just going to read verses 19 through 21. And again, James is a unique book. It's got a variety of sections, and, and depending on the editors of the Bible, they kind of determine where they thought paragraphs would be. And uh, sometimes they line up the way I kind of think it should be, and sometimes it doesn't. And some of the headings kind of have that too. And in my Bible here, it's got this little section, 19 through 21. So let me read this here. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So as I was working on this section, I noticed James kind of gives this kind of structure. So I've kind of broke it down and kind of got it in a structure. If you look at this next slide here, um, it starts with verse 19, 
And he's got these three commands. In verse 19, he's got these three commands. And they are, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow, you know, slow to anger. He's got these commands. And then what he does is he flushes them out in the next verses in this. So he's got three commands, verse 19. And then the following preceding verses, he kind of flushes that out for us. And then he's got a good summary of what pure religion is which we'll get to in the next couple weeks. So I'm going to kind of follow this format that he's got here. And what I've done is I've got a summary. I've taken some time looking at this section here, and I wrote out this summary, and I realized this summary could be the rest of the book of James. After verses 2 through 18, which is kind of the, the theme of James, here's the summary of what I have right now. And again, as we go through James chapter 2 and 3, I might tweak this a little bit, but here's what I have here for this section here. Being so the Christian life, hearing and doing. So the next slide will show this here. Being grounded in the word and character of God. And again, that was last week. We talked about we must be grounded in the character of God. Through whatever trials we have, whatever suffering we have, we must know the character of God. Being grounded in the word and the character of God requires believers to be doers of the word and again that's what james is famous one of the most famous passages that we'll get to here soon in the next couple of weeks here will be this passage don't be just hearers but doers of the word requires believers to be doers of the word and demonstrators of his character so we got to be grounded in the word grounded in the character of god then out of that we must be doers of that word that we're grounded in we must be doers of the word and we must be demonstrators of his character so i think i I, the next slide here will kind of show even this passage here being grounded in the word the character of god just even how i've highlighted different aspects where he james looks at the character of god but also doing the word how we must live that out even in this and i thought about doing the rest of the book i might do that sometime just look at how this is about doing the word of god and also demonstrating the character of god so let's work through this passage. We're gonna, this kind of will be the, the model of what we'll do as we go through James. We're going to walk through this passage, and then we're going to look at a lot of application. All right, so let's go to James. James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That first part. Take note of this. It is essential that they must follow this pay careful attention to what's being said here this is similar to what jesus would say anyone who has ears let them listen he says it a few times in the gospels if you have ears listen take heed take special note and one of my encouragements is to you remember as we started james three things Get a notebook as we go through James. Get a notebook and label it study notes on James. So that way you can have that. Get a notebook. So take heed, take notes of this. James begins with three characteristics of those who truly center their lives on God's principles for a proper walk with Christ. And what does that look like? And notice again how James, and, and I won't show this in, in a slide, but once in a while I've shown you how he has kind of catch words and he plays with words. He says, slow, be quick, slow. He's kind of playing with some words here in this section here. And James developed these three commands in reverse order. It's kind of interesting when I went through this, I was like, oh, 
Then he does it in reverse order, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow these verses here in reverse order. So, James chapter 1, verse 20. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We all know angry people, right? Some of you at work know angry people. Some of you in your neighborhood know, in our neighborhood I know there's one person that's very angry all the time about people that walk around with pets. I don't know why that's the issue. We all know angry and people that are very bad-tempered. Think of a line in the movie when I was a kid. All that hate is going to burn you up. And that's something I memorized as a kid. I remember that thinking, okay, you know what? There's people that have so much hatred and all that hate's going to burn you up. We all know people that are angry. And we know people in our families. When I was a kid, my mom just had a temper all the time. So as a little kid, I was kind of afraid of mom. And then she went to drinking and then she went to other stuff. So I just, I knew that mom kind of just was like a powder keg and she could just blow up. And I was like, you know what? I need to stay away from anger. Because my mom is like that. I don't want to be that. But at times, we know people who are angry. We can look in a mirror, right? We can have this too. At times, anger will arise within us. And it's important what we do with anger. Again, it says here, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I think of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Do not let sin, don't let sin by letting anger control you. Anger can manifest itself in such a way, and out of the anger, that can lead to sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. If we let it harbor within us, it can get out of control. It can fester. Or that line, all that anger is going to burn you up. It can eat away at godliness. We want godliness in our lives. Holding a grudge. Having wounded pride. Harboring resentment. Self-righteousness can lead to sinful motives such as hatred, cruelty, slander, even murder. Don't let anger build up within you. Human anger. There are three primary types of anger mentioned in Scripture. Three types of anger. Let me walk through those with you here. Number one is God's righteous anger. God has righteous anger. I remember one time when my kids were little, someone was saying something about hate, and one of my daughters said, well, God doesn't hate. And I was like, well... He surely hates sin, right? God does get angry. Anger over man's sin is found in Scripture more than 300 times. Even in the Psalms. All these praises and stuff. And then it mentions God gets angry over sin. Listen to Psalm 7, verse 11. God is a righteous God. A God who displays his wrath every day. Well, have you seen the wickedness of man around us? Makes sense. Yet, the just anger, so I'm not just calling it anger of God. Again, I got here God's righteous anger. The just anger of God is not sin. It's not sin. God doesn't sin. Yet, his anger is not the height of who he is. 
It's not His final word. Again, this is something hopefully you'll memorize that I've, I've said this a billion times, I think. God is just, comma, but He's more than just. He's grace and mercy. Praise God, right? Otherwise, none of us would be alive today. His righteous anger brings about redemptive fruit. It's interesting, when you look at His holy righteous anger that's just and right, it brings about redemptive fruit in people when they come to Him. So God's, God does have a righteous anger. God's righteous anger. A second type of anger mentioned in here in Scripture is Christian righteous indignation. So I've changed the words there because I don't want to use the same word thinking like, oh, Christians now can have a label of I can have righteous anger. And I'll explain this in a little bit here. Indignation. We also can have righteous anger or indignation. It first begins with, this is very important. Got to, in fact, this last two years, I've seen people say, oh, this is my righteous, holy anger against the government, against the situation. Listen to this. Christian righteous indignation first begins with being angry about your own sin. Very important there. It first begins with being angry about my sin. All oh, the trouble. You know, again, think of two weeks ago when we dealt with the topic of sin. Where does it come from? It comes from my own evil desires, and I fall into the trap, I grab the lure, and get dragged away. It begins with being angry with your own sin. Our lack of self discipline to kill sin. Holy anger leads to cleaning out our hearts of sin and anything that can lead to sin. Tear it out. Rip it out. Righteous anger begins with being angry with your own sin. Righteous anger also feels grief over the brokenness and injustice in this world. First, it begins with you. And then secondly, it must begin with then out of that, it's the brokenness and injustice in this world. Just as Jesus did in Mark chapter 3, the beginning. The Pharisees were very legalistic about someone, and Jesus was like, uh uh-uh. uh. This person needs healing right now. And the Pharisees were just, they weren't allowing him, and he said, This is bad. Get angry about it. It is possible today that Christians are too little tolerant of gross evil. Are we not angry that millions of unborn babies are killed every year? That should rise within us a Christian righteous indignation. Are we not angry that human trafficking is happening in this country? That should anger us. Are we not angry over the evil that offends God and destroys His people? That should anger us anger us so i wrote this down in righteous anger we join god in a fight against evil moving us towards prayer and deeds of love and faith that brings about redemptive fruit but notice again how we've got this written out here it's prayer then out of that deeds of love and then redemptive fruit the reason i wrote that out because we need to beware of the anger that keeps you from loving people 
where legalism festers. You might have a right to say, oh, I'm very upset about what's happening in the world today, and it doesn't lead to fruit, righteous fruit, or love. Then there's a problem there. This anger itself is not a sin, this Christian righteous indignation. It is when anger takes root, and the effects of anger can lead to many destructive sins, like hating people. Dangerous. It's not productive. Very dangerous. And it can lead to destructive sins. Let me just say this. I've seen some of the Facebook posts in the last year and a half of people in our church, and I just go, you know what? They think that's righteous indignation, but it's not. There's no love. There's no deeds of love. There's no goal of redemptive fruit. Beware of that. So God has righteous anger. Christians, we can have righteous anger or holy indignation. Then there's a third type of anger mentioned in Scripture. Human anger. Again, this is what James is talking about here. Sinful anger that is characterized by the self-orientated pain and hurt that is often resolved, that is not often resolved by going to God for help. People harbor this in, within them. This here is the anger that leads us towards selfishness and harming others in rudeness, stubbornness, bitter, hatred, and the list goes on. When human anger takes root, it can lead to many destructive sins. Not just to yourself, but to others around us. To be slow to anger means we must carefully check our frustrations at the door as we enter into relationship with others. James here is talking about human anger. Those who are quick-tempered. This should not be a part of God's picture of a Christian life. Quick tempers are very poisonous. And this anger is always a byproduct of a self-centered life. And we must learn from God to love others and get rid of our anger. Look at the rest of this section here in the verse 20 here. Does not produce the righteousness that God requires. It doesn't produce the righteousness. Again, we want to follow the character of God and demonstrate that in our lives. There's two types of righteousness in Scripture. There's the righteousness of God that brings salvation to all mankind. Think of Romans. Paul talks about the righteousness of God also. There's this salvation aspect of righteousness. But there's also an ethical righteousness of God. And that's what James is talking about here. The righteous deeds that He demands of His children. And we see more of this in chapters 3 and 4. Human anger and the righteousness of God that He requires cannot coexist. James says, no. It does not produce the righteousness that God requires. There's no room for quick-tempered responses in the Christian life. I remember my father-in-law, when the lines he would teach, he was, a, he was a teacher at a seminary teaching young men and women to be in the ministry. And he would say this, if you have anger issues, don't go into ministry until they are settled. Because they can destroy and discredit your Christian testimony. Alright, let's look at verse 21 here. James 
121. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. We must get rid of all of this stuff. Get rid of all this moral filth that we can have in our lives. This is comparable to Colossians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 4 that pictures the act of throwing away dirty clothes. We can have dirty clothes and we must get rid of those things. These are not dirty clothes that can be washed and cleaned and then put back on. They're so filthy, you must throw them away. In fact, I've got this little outfit that I wear when I, after deer hunting, when I'm doing my meat processing, it's in the garage. I put my little stuff, you know, this like bib thing on. It just, it's nasty. And last year my wife saw it and she's like, get rid of that thing. I'm like, no, I, would you want blood on my other clothes? And then she's like, okay, wear it. But keep it only in the garage. If she, she might find it in the garage and throw it away. That's the kind of stuff you just need to get rid of sometimes. These are not just simply sins that should be endured and cleaned up, but they are so morally evil that they must be thrown away. Anger is something that must be dealt with right away. Take a look at the last part. It says, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly describes that when you have sins in your life, you must be humble and cast it off. Get rid of it. And, humbly, we must receive the word of God. Have complete reliance on God. We cannot overcome evil on our own. I'm amazed at how many self-help books that are out there that begin with just talking about, you can do it. I go, no, I can't. It's only by the strength of God can we do that. The strength and truth of God to guide us. And that He's planted, I love that word, He's planted His Word in us. Again, this Word of God not only saves us, but it also can help us deal in the Christian life. And we'll talk more about the Word next week as we look at that part. This salvation here isn't talking about you know, the Word of God that saves you. talking about salvation here again. We are saved from the penalty of sin. And then daily we can be saved from the power of sin. Daily we can experience the power of God's salvation as it bears a harvest of spiritual fruit in our lives. So James is saying this. Be slow to anger. It can destroy you. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Be anchored in the Word and trust in the character of God. So let me now move to application. This is what this passage is about. Now let's move to application. What, what can this look like? Again, here's the summary of this section. Being grounded in God's Word and being grounded in His character, that's what we should be doing, requires believers to be doers of the Word and demonstrators of his character the problem here is this most of us in protestant churches most of us in evangelical churches we got that first part oh i'm grounded in the word i can quote so many bible verses man i got the word of god down oh and i know the character of god oh i understand all of that but you can't stop there it requires us to be doers of that's what james is so practical you can't just say oh i love god's word and not be a doer of it you can't just say, oh, I know God's character of goodness and not be a demonstrator of it. So let me break this down a little bit. God's character. What about God's character? He is, if you recall this, we did this about, I don't know how many, I think I wrote it down here. I looked it up six years ago. 
He is slow to anger. In fact, once in a while, there's a guy at church, and he'll see me, he'll say, you know what? Every once in a while, I have to go slow too, because he's just one that can get bent out of shape. God is slow to anger. He is incredibly patient with us. Praise God. Amen? He's got long-suffering is the old word there. In fact, six years ago, we looked at this passage. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. It says here, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. It is right for God to highlight His long-suffering to us and to His people back then. And they just broke the commandments. Literally broke the commandments. Worshipping, melting the gold, worshipping idols. It was horrible. That there's even a chapter 34 in Exodus shows that He is slow to anger. That you and I got up this morning and had our first breath when we were conscious shows that God is slow to anger. Even that there's a tomorrow shows that He's so long-suffering in my life. God gives time, opportunity, and is patient with people for them to repent and turn to Him. He has to respond to sin. He's just. And He does not lose His temper. He waits, allowing the sinner to respond. Again, Romans chapter 1 talks about that. Or listen to this one, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness to be. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. So, first of all, God's character, slow to anger. And we must be demonstrators of His character. Thus, we are to be slow to become angry. And God has engineered a way, He's designed a way to help us to be slow to anger. So what I want to do is I want to give you a few biblical insights and ways to deal with anger in closing. Three things. Number one, if you do get angry, do it without sinning by keeping Short accounts. Don't let it build up within you. Don't let it fester. How to stop it? Don't let it fester. Anger should die every night. One of the greatest wisdom things that someone told Amber and I when we were first married, make sure every night when you go to bed that there's no anger. And we're like, okay. That's what it says in the Bible. But we practically had to do that. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Ephesians chapter 4. Don't go to bed with your anger. It will harm you, not heal you. It will betray you, not vindicate you. And it will not produce the justice or reconciliation that you truly need. Don't go to bed angry. The day must not end in bitterness towards another. Forfeit your fury to God. Repent and surrender to the Lord. 
I'm going to say this a couple times. Here it is. People will be mean to you. People will be mean to you. Know what triggers you and give it to the Lord. Know what triggers you and give it to the Lord. Back three years ago, when we were going through Ephesians, I gave this little card out. We had a bunch of them. I only have 14 left, so I'll try to get some. If you want one of these, remember this little card, slow to anger? I gave everyone this little business card. Be slow to anger. I know one guy that's not a part of our church. He doesn't know the Lord yet. I know one guy that I should give him all 14 of these cards, okay? Replace lies with telling the truth. Replace anger with self-control. Replace stealing with giving. Replace foul talk with edification. Replace forms of anger with kindness. Remember, I made those little dollar bills. The payback is kindness. And the supreme virtue, love, imitating Christ. If you need one of these cards, you only got 14 left, but I'll give you one. Be slow to anger. If someone wants to set you off, people are going to be mean to you. Go really and say this, slow to anger, and that might help already keep short accounts. You may be tempted to be angry and let it get to you. Don't. We must be slow to anger. Be self-controlled by yielding to the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who helps us when we're angry. Galatians chapter 5. Give it to the Lord. I encourage you, hang around people who are patient. Like I said, when I was a little kid, my mom, she just would boil about everything. So I just hung around my friends who were patient and kind. And a couple men in my life helped me in that area. I went to church and there were some guys that were just, they didn't boil over. Hang around those who are patient and know how to control their anger. God has a way for us to deal with anger and it's to be slow to anger. There are times you must let it just roll off your shoulders. Just let it go. Don't suppress it. Don't act on it. Colossians chapter 3, 8. But now you must get rid of, take it off, such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. When you deal with anger God's way, you can feel it. And when it's done the correct way, when you give it to the Lord, then you don't harm those around you. It doesn't destroy relationships. Release it, remove it from your heart and mind. Listen to, I like this verse. Listen to Proverbs 16, verse 32. The one who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. I love that. The one who's slow to anger hope. They're much better than the mighty. And the one with self-control is better than the one who takes the city. So if, you're, if you get angry, do it without sinning by keeping short accounts. Number two, if you do get angry, do it without sinning by reconciling with one another. It's hard to be in a good relationship, to have harmony when there's anger within it. We should refuse to harbor bitterness, hold grudges against another. Don't do that. Instead, seek unity and reconciliation in our relationships. People will be mean to you. 
Know what triggers you and give it to the Lord. Be quick to forgive and reconcile. Be patient with the process of finding restoration. Whenever there's tension or something going on, my mind thinks, okay, be slow to anger. I'm not much of an anger person anyways, but I'm looking for restoration. I'm looking for ways to connect the people again. When damage has happened, this doesn't mean that things will instantly go back the way it was before. Confront your own sin. Confess it to the Lord. Seek reconciliation. Proverbs 29, verse 11 says this. Fools give full vent to their rage. Ugh, they're kind of that kind of a person. But the wise bring calm in the end. Seek reconciliation. And lastly here, if you get angry, do it without sinning by extending forgiveness. If you've been hurt by another's injustice, you've been hurt by another's anger, if you've been hurt by another's sin, seek forgiveness in your heart. There are times when you're unable to do true forgiveness face to face, but seek it in your heart. Deal with your own anger immediately to keep the relationship as best as you can and not destroy it. Seek forgiveness when possible. Lastly, let me read you two verses out of the Gospels. Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 5, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, we have all been hurt by people. I've been hurt this year by people. And my first response isn't, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to toilet paper their house. That's how I was in high school. Love. Love your enemies. Pray. Again, that line I said that was up there before. Pray, then seek for deeds of love, and then fruit of righteousness. It's hard to do, but it's so rewarding. Then lastly, Mark 11.25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in Heaven may forgive your sins. Here's the challenge. We have anger within us be slow to anger. Don't let it fester. Don't let it build up. Don't wait days and months, you know, and just then you blow up at the person, the, the, the relationship's destroyed. And when that happens, it's tough. It's tough. It's hard. Be slow to anger. Get rid of it right away. Like filthy clothes, just toss them. In the process, keep short accounts, seek reconciliation. And learn and be willing to forgive. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you help us. Because in my life, in my mind, I have many rights to be angry at people. They've hurt me, they've harmed me, they treat me like dirt. They've broken relationships. And in my mind, I think, oh, I've got every right. But I want to be a demonstrator of your character. Help me 
be slow to anger. Help me to be loving. Help me to be forgiving. Let me first look at my own sin. Then help me seek you in prayer. And then out of that, let me look for deeds of love. In fact, often says both in Old and New Testament. If you've got enemies, do good things to them. And then help me seek forgiveness and fruits of righteousness. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand if you're able to as we sing our last few songs.